back to Nothing But Net, presented by Deep Dive Sports. We are back after a while of hiatus. We're back to uh, start the Nothing But Net show back up for the NBA season. Yes, sir. Um, I am here with the man, the myth, the legend of Deep Dive Sports, David Payne. Yes, sir. Uh, we're excited to do some NBA season predictions today. So the season did kick off a couple nights ago, but I know at least for me, I don't know about you, David, but I made these predictions before the first game. And I won't change them, even though there's some places I, I want to change them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, cool. We will start, I guess, out west with the Western Conference. I guess I'll start at the bottom um, and just go up. Um, and then maybe if we want to talk about certain teams, we can do that. So my ranking from the bottom up, 15, Utah Jazz, 14, San Antonio Spurs, 13, Houston Rockets, 12, Oklahoma City Thunder, 11, Sacramento Kings, uh, then getting into the play-in, 10, Portland Trailblazers, 9, Los Angeles Lakers, 8, New Orleans Pelicans, uh, 7, Minnesota Timberwolves, 6, Dallas Mavericks, uh, 5, Phoenix Suns, 4, Los Angeles Clippers, 3, Memphis Grizzlies, 2, Golden State Warriors, and 1, Denver Nuggets. What do you have for your standings, David? All right. So, we do have some similarities. All right. Not a whole lot. <laughs> so, I do agree that the last will be Utah uh, as well because of that, like, whole trade with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually have Sacramento coming in at 14. Okay. Houston coming in at 13. OKC at 12. And San Antonio at 11. Just because it's, it's Popovich, you can't really count the guy out. You can work with <laughs> just about everything. Ten, I have Portland. I was going between Portland and L.A. on the last one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so Portland at 10, L.A. Lakers at 9. The reason why I was going between those two were because of the fact that that team doesn't really have, have any depth to it. Mm-hmm. And for all I know, they might miss this year's playoff again. Mm-hmm. It's because they have all that they have is LeBron and Anthony Davis, and nobody can shoot the basketball. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong; they have Schroeder, but he's a six man at best. Yeah, and he's still out right now, at least for the first mm-hmm. couple games. Yeah. Then I have New Orleans, just because I don't know a whole lot with uh, Zion yet. Then at seven, I have the Clippers. At six, I have Minnesota. Memphis is at five. Phoenix is at four, three is Dallas, two is Denver, and one is Golden State. For me, this is Golden State's West to win, or West to lose, I should say. So, I mean, they were the, what, I think they're the defending champions, if I recall. Yep, yep. So, for me, it's their division, their conference to lose. No, that makes complete sense. Maybe we'll look at our, we do have a lot of similarities, especially towards the bottom. You know, Jazz, I think. They'll just be tanking. Excited to watch Colin Sexton, though, out there getting to shoot the ball as much as he wants. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. The Spurs, I agree that they do have pop. That's why I didn't put them last. But at the same time, I don't think they're really trying to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting because they're probably going to try to tank for upcoming draft. And then the Rockets, we had in the same spot at 13. They're a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. They're also just not really trying to win. <laughs> But they have some fun guys with Jalen Green and Shen Goon and all those guys. And then 12, we had 
we had Oklahoma City at the same spot. The only reason they're higher than the rest of the teams is because they have Shea Gildas Alexander, and he's actually like an all-star caliber player. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we also, oh no, yeah, we had Sacramento. Um, well, you had Dave, you had San Antonio up higher. Yeah, we swapped our Sacramento and San Antonio. Yeah, the only reason I had Sacramento a little bit higher is because they do they did make that trade for Sabonis last year. Mm. Uh, so he's proven he can be an all-star. De'Aaron Fox is a good player, and they just got a new coach, which is Mike Brown, who used to coach the Cavs back in the day. So I could see them doing a little bit better, uh, but ultimately I think they're, they will continue on their, uh, I believe, longest playoff drought in the big four sports in the, yeah. in the United States right now after the Mariners made the playoffs. So sad for them, but I think they'll, they'll get in in the next few years. Once they, you know, if they get a couple more young players, I think they can get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I remember recall, we talked about it in a let's talk sports a while back mm-hmm. a month or two ago. And uh, yeah, I think none of the current players have played against the Sacramento Kings, even LeBron. Cause last <laughs> yeah. time, yeah, they were in the playoffs. Was what two thousand three or four? Yeah, now that makes sense. And being that the only player from that era is LeBron, mm-hmm. he was on the Cavs. Yeah, <laughs> so he was in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, that that is that is a pretty funny tidbit there. <laughs> and then looking at the play-in, we were also very pretty similar. I don't want to say very similar. Um, we both had Portland and LA uh, ten and nine. Portland, they'll get in there just because they have Damian Lillard coming back now, I think. Mm. Uh, and they did add Jeremy Grant, which will be an interesting addition for them, but they're not going to get, you know, they're not going to be too high because they don't have much outside of that. Sorry, if I... So, yeah, I think Portland will get in there um, into the play-in, but I honestly don't see them making their way past the play-in in the playoffs at all. Mm-hmm. And then the Lakers, they are, they are just, as you were kind of mentioning, they're just kind of a mess. I watched their first two games against the Warriors and the Clippers. And throughout most of those games, I actually thought they looked a little bit better than last year, mostly defensively. But, I mean, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, really all you need around that are guys that can shoot um, because the defense is going to try to double-team those guys. So if they have three-point shooters on their team, they'll be good. The problem is, in those two games, Lakers have shot only 22% from three. And I think they have, like, 40 attempts in each game. So they're shooting a lot of threes, but they're not making them. Um, so they just they have to make a trade at some point. Um, it'll be Russell Westbrook. They're going to have to trade. Um, they're going to have to throw in those picks. The big one I hear is to Indiana for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, who can both shoot and play some okay defense. So I think that would be the move I'd make if I was them. But it's tough because they don't have a lot of assets to trade at the same time. Yeah, hey, I was going to say because – the thing about Russell is you have to worry about taking on what forty million dollar contract. Yeah, I think it's forty five million, something crazy. Mm-hmm. Now I do yeah. think it's he expires after this season. So luckily, if the team takes him on, you know it's kind of a short term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that is a lot a lot of money to take on for how Westbrook has been playing recently. Yeah, and then what we had the same thing I believe at New Orleans at eight. Um, New Orleans at eight, and then I think that just shows. I had the Clippers lower. Yeah, yeah. So that was our big, our biggest disagreement so far. So New Orleans at eight first. I think that just shows honestly how deep the well, really both conferences are. 
are very deep this mm-hmm. year. Because, um, I mean, they have Zion. They made they snuck their way into the play uh, playoffs last year without Zion. Um, but they got C.J. McCollum, Zion, Brandon Ingram. They're a good team, but especially if Zion, especially if Zion stays healthy. Yeah, that'll be the biggest biggest piece. Uh, but they did the first their first game. They blew out the Brooklyn Nets, so they looked good in the first game. But that's the biggest piece, like you said, is if Zion can stay healthy. Yeah, because I think did didn't they put in his contract that he had to lose a little bit of weight as well. He definitely has lost weight. I don't know if you've seen any pictures of him recently. I, I um, haven't yet. Uh, yeah, I, he, that was, I knew that was a major issue for him considering yeah. he's a power forward. And literally the only person that could be that big was really Shaq. Yeah. And again, yeah. it was a bunch. He was seven foot one and a <laughs> majority of it was muscle. Yeah. No, Zion has been, has been looking better this season. He definitely, um, he slimmed down, but also you can tell a lot of it went into muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he'll I think he'll look good, and he looks like he's in good form. In the first game, I think he had almost 30 points, 28 points or something like that. So mm-hmm. he looks in good form, but it's just if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So then we had our big dis- biggest disagreement. I'm curious as, um, you know, why do you think the cl- – why did you put the Clippers at seven? And then I can talk about maybe why I put them higher. They've just been too inconsistent over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have the talent to be higher, but it's just a matter of whether or not they can come up clutch at the end. And don't get me wrong, Kawhi Leonard has definitely come up clutch, mm-hmm. especially <laughs> when he was in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. But he hasn't been that same level uh, at the same level now than when he was in Toronto. So, yeah. It's just no, that's, a matter of a performance of their superstars. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Is um, And this is another team that really depends on health. You know, last year they had Paul George and Kawhi out for a good portion of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the reason I, I put them higher is because even though they did have those guys out, they were still – they almost made the playoffs. They were still in the playing game last year. Mm-hmm. And I just look at their roster as, like, honestly the deepest team in the league. I mean – they have like 10 guys who could honestly start on an NBA team, you know, not just Kawhi and Paul George, but they have John Wall who's looked really good in, uh, in their game last night. Um, Zubach is a good center for them. They have Marcus Morris senior, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, um, Covington, Norm Powell, Nicholas Batum. I think all those guys could be starters in the league. So that's why I, picked them to do well I didn't pick them all the way up to the top I had them at my four seed just because there definitely will be some uh some load management as Kawhi is well known for where he's probably not going to play games that are on back-to-back nights um you know he'll have he'll have his certain amount of games for rest purposes so yeah I, I can see what you mean though they haven't been consistent recently and a couple of years ago they were in the Western Conference finals could have got there but you know Kawhi went went out and um they went, they went down uh, to Phoenix, but yeah, I think it's another one of those teams that's definitely a top toss up, probably depending on health, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then we had another um, somewhat, somewhat big discrepancy uh, uh, with Dallas. You had them up higher than I do. Um, I put them down at six, just again, just because the the West is so deep. I mean, Luka Doncic, he's going to get you probably fifty wins just by himself. He's that good of a player. Um, I think they had a good addition with adding in Christian Wood um, this year. 
But they did lose Jalen Brunson, who was a big um, – they're basically the secondary guy last year. So I think that could hurt them a little bit. But this team really kind of just rides on how Luka can play. But what did you – what was your reasoning for putting them up at the three seed, it looks like? That's just where I thought I could put them mm-hmm. and think that they would go so low to to uh, borderline play-in tournament. Yeah. I was going between three and four between them and Phoenix – Mm-hmm. and uh so yeah that's just where i was at yeah it's all just <laughs> these are all i think all these teams will be so close i think they'll just be within a few games of each other so mm. kind of like kind of like picking straws <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah let's see five i had phoenix you had uh memphis yeah and so um with phoenix yeah i mean for me i think They'll still be up there. They'll still be a good team, but um, they had a weird offseason. Obviously, they um, ended up getting blown out in Game 7 last year by the Mavericks, and they basically told DeAndre Ayton, they're like, well, we don't really want to pay you, so he was a restricted free agent. So he went out and got a max deal from the Pacers. Looked like he was going there, um, but with that, Phoenix was able to match that deal. Um, And I feel like there's some not great feelings going on with them. Um, there was also a report that, well, in an interview, Monty Williams said that him and DeAndre Ayton didn't talk all summer, um, which I think is really crazy that you're basically a franchise center and your head coach, even during the offseason, don't even send a text message or have a quick phone call or meet up for dinner or something like that. Uh, I don't know. It's like it's just strange to me. So I think they could have some issues there. But, mm, but who knows? Even weirder stuff has happened, so... That's true. That's true. Besides, I think that that organization just has more stuff to worry about, more yeah. important stuff to worry about. So. Absolutely. As we've talked about in some of our Let's Talk Sports episodes as well. Yeah. So I'm not too concerned about that because considering that there's more higher up stuff that's needs to be taken care of. And if you want, we did talk about it in our Let's Talk Sports regarding Robert Sarver. So if you want to listen to our thoughts on Sarver, there is that. I think the only update really that there's been since that episode is that he has he is in the process of selling the team now, which obviously is a step in the right direction. Wish he wouldn't be able to make billions of dollars off the team, but that's kind of the way it's going. So then we both kind of had, um, I guess we talked about the Clippers. Do you want to talk about Memphis a little bit? What do you think about the Grizzlies and their uh, chances this season? I think that they have very high chances the only reason I put them lower was because they are such a young team mm-hmm. and for the most part what did they make the playoffs last year I can't remember yeah that was probably one of the few times that they've made the playoffs mm-hmm. in their lives <laughs> so being inexperienced and being young while deep in terms of depth I think that just that inexperience will hurt them towards the end and while I may think that now, it could be – I could be very wrong on that. And they could be the number one team in the <laughs> entire division. So, In terms of the reasoning, I think we kind of had the same reasoning, but we ranked them differently. I feel like they'll be – I had them as my three seed. I feel like they'll be up there just because they are young. I feel like they'll be young and hungry. You know, sometimes some of these veteran teams, they're like, well, we know we're going to make the playoffs. Um, and a lot of times LeBron teams would do this when he was in Cleveland. Um, and that second stint is we're just going to kind of coast for the regular season. I don't see Memphis doing that. They're a very well-rounded team. They're young. I think they're hungry. 
Um, they talk a lot of smack. Apparently, they were talking a ton of smack with the Warriors uh, when the Warriors knocked them out last year. But I do think that they will have some opportunity at the beginning of the season to disappoint a little bit because um, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out. I'm not sure how long, um, but he was a really good defensive player for them. Um, he was in the defensive player of the year discussions last year. So um, that's kind of an opportunity for them to, to slip a little bit. David, do you want to talk about, because we both have them one, two, we just have them switched. You want to talk about Golden State or Denver first? Uh, for me, it's, while I do agree that Denver could be number one, I think that much like the power rankings for the NFL and how the mm-hmm. Raiders, yeah, no, not the Raiders, the Rams, sorry, uh, were number one in the power rankings and we were all, me and the guys were like, yeah, it's their power ranking to lose. Mm-hmm. So at the start of this season, for me, it's Golden State's conference to lose. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And the fact that, honestly, they won a championship last year and they look even better this year just because they have their core, you know, of Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond. But then now, you know, their young guys are getting better. So Jordan Poole is going to get better. And they have guys that didn't even play that much last year that got a lot of minutes in the first game I watched against the Lakers and played well, like um, Jonathan Kuminga, James Wiseman, Moses Moody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they have an opportunity to where if these young guys can continue to play well and continue to grow, Mm -hmm. they might, even after their core ends, they might not even really have to rebuild. Like they might just be able to pass the torch right on, which is really rare. I feel like in most sports, um, so, yeah, I mean, Golden State's going to be good. The only reason I put them at two or one of the reasons is just I think they could, you know, they're that championship team. I think they might not be giving it a thousand percent every night because they're going to save themselves for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But then Denver, I put them number one just because and I don't know how good this pick is looking because they actually lost to the Jazz in the first game of the season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I put them as number one. You know, Jokic is the back to back MVP. And now he's going to finally get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, who can both score 20 points per game. Sure. Uh, and Jokic is just such a good passer. I feel like he can really set them up, and they're just going to be a really dynamic offense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they kind of have something to prove, too, because um, you know Jokic was MVP last year, but they lost in the first round to the Warriors. And so I feel like they kind of want to come out and prove you know we can be a contender you know, in the Western Conference. Now, I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think the Golden State Warriors are going to kind of mesh together after the pool and green? <laughs> yeah, that that is a great question. And I honestly don't know the answer um, because that I mean, I don't know if anyone's seen the video, but he just he punched him like he he took him down to the floor, mm-hmm. um, which is not I don't know how often it happens in the NBA, but if it does, it doesn't get out very often. Draymond, the only thing, I think it kind of isn't as bad as it would be for another team just because the Warriors have such a good culture in place. And I watched them in the first game and they looked like there was no bad blood. They were assisting to each other. They were making some really good plays. So So I think they'll be okay ultimately. But I think if anything else happens with Draymond, you know, anything similar or, or more drama comes along with Draymond, I could see that really affecting his chances to to come back because he's up for I think his contract is out at the end of this year with the Warriors so because ultimately they're gonna have to they just paid Jordan Poole a bunch of money he's a young player 
if I'm them, if there's a disagreement between the two of them that can't be solved, I have to go with Jordan Poole, even though Draymond does have, you know, the legacy. Even if Jordan Poole was, at the end of the day, the instigator of everything? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think they're both definitely at fault to an extent. It's so hard to tell because the video doesn't have any audio, so it's all kind of just like sure hearsay of what happened. But, you know, he, do, he did push, um, but in my opinion, like, yeah, it wasn't, it was a hard push, but to me, if I got pushed like that, or if I pushed somebody like that, I would not, especially my teammate, like one of my good friends, I'd have to imagine, I wouldn't expect them to just like straight up punch me in the face. <laughs> like, I don't know. I would say if I pushed you like that, David, if we were getting heated, I wouldn't expect you to punch me in the face, uh, yeah. but you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I just figured I'd ask on that. Regarding... No, that's a good question, though. It'll be very interesting to watch. Yes. All right. So you want to move on to the Eastern Conference uh, okay. predictions? You want to start at the bottom with yours and then I'll go and then we'll kind of do the same thing. Yep. All right. For me, I am looking at Charlotte coming in last. I'm looking at Orlando. I'm looking at Washington at 13, Indiana at 12, Detroit at 11. I think that Detroit will be definitely improved, but I don't know if they'll make the play in tournament. I was going between Detroit and New York. Yeah. I have New York at 10 and just New York being New York. And I have <laughs> no idea what's going to go on with that. True. <laughs> and then this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I'm going to go Brooklyn at nine because my explanation is Kyrie really hasn't been the Kyrie he was in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And when it's largely just him and Kevin Durant, it hasn't really been good. They've made the playoffs, but they've been knocked out in the first round every single year. Hey, don't forget about Ben Simmons now. Don't forget about Ben Simmons. What good is he going to add? He can play some defense. <laughs> so, and so I don't think that they'll, unless they're in the playoff tournament, they're, they're going to make it out of the first round if they mm -hmm. do make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Then I've got Toronto, even though they did play well in their first game at eight. I don't think that they'll make it. I think that middle of the season towards the towards the end will question a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, now, they could very well make 5-6, and I could be very wrong on this. I'm just <laughs> – this is early. That's, so, it is, and so many of these teams are good. So I feel like that's any of these teams could, then could next, have such a high variance. Mm -hmm. So then I've got Chicago at 7, and then Miami at 6 with Philadelphia at 5. I think a little bit of bias I'm going to put, admittedly, I'm going to put Cleveland at four, mm -hmm. then Milwaukee at three, Boston at two, and Atlanta at one. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I think the I... reason I put Atlanta at one is because I think Trey Young is just too good. Mm -hmm. And the team is just really depth-wise mm -hmm. really good. And oh. so that Boston and Atlanta, for me, was splitting hairs. So right. I think that Atlanta will take one. Yeah, yeah, that is that's a very interesting pick. I'll show you where I had them, and and we can discuss because we do not agree too much there. But um, uh, so I had starting at the bottom. I actually had Indiana down at fifteen. I think this is another one where they're just gonna be trying to tank because they got their young piece uh, in Tyrese Halberton, which was a great trade for them last year. He's gonna be good, but the rest of the team is just really not there. Um. I have Washington down at 14. 
they could end up being a little higher, but I still don't think they have a chance to, to really crack that play in um, spot. I just think they're like, you know, they extended Bradley Beal and it's never really worked for them with Beal, except for when John Wall was there. And even then, I think they made it to maybe the second round and got knocked out by the Cavs with LeBron. So I don't exactly know their direction so much. I put Charlotte up at 13 just because LaMelo Ball. Um, LaMelo Ball is just such a good player. I could see him getting them, you know, just a couple uh, wins above those other guys. For me, I put Orlando at 12 and then Detroit at 11. Uh, I had New York Knicks at 10, so we agreed there. Um, I had Chicago down at 9. I had Atlanta at 8, so we definitely had a big discrepancy there. Toronto I had at 7. I had Miami at 6, which we agreed on there. I had Cleveland just one spot below you at 5. I had Brooklyn then up at 4. And I had Boston at 3. Milwaukee at 2. And Philadelphia at 1. I mean, I don't know if there are any teams in that bottom tier that you want to touch on or say anything about. I know we both had Detroit up there near the top, so maybe we could touch on them. I think that the Detroit, I think Detroit Pistons are definitely a solid young team. Now, I think the only reason why they don't make it into the play-in tournament is because none of them have had even come close Mm -hmm. to the playoffs or the play-in tournament. Um, So I don't know if they can get over that, can make that jump, I guess you could say, or that leap of faith into the top 10. But again, we both think that they're 11 and very could possibly be in the top 10. I mean, you know, put New York at 10 and we both know how inconsistent they can be. Yeah, exactly. That is true. And um, yeah, I think I picked Detroit out of just these bottom tier teams to be the best just because... They have a lot of solid young players. I mean, they have, of course, leading the pack is Cade Cunningham for them. You know, he was kind of third in that rookie of the year voting, but he did come on strong last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be a great player. And then uh, they got their rookie, Jaden Ivey, who played well in their first game. And then they even made a trade for Bojan Bogdanovic, who is a veteran um, from the Jazz who can shoot, which is always a good uh, always a good skill to have. And then they have guys like Sadiq Bey and, and Killian Hayes and, Isaiah Stewart, who most probably remember from that fight with LeBron uh, mm. a couple of years back. Um, but they have some solid some solid pieces there. So I don't think they'll make the play-in, but I do think that they'll be improved from last year. And maybe they'll get some luck in the draft lottery and, uh, you know, draft really well. And then they could make their way up into the playoffs next year, I think. Yeah, I think, I think that these are kind of like the same because we have pretty much the same top 10. It, yeah. It's just a matter of where we put... Just the order. pulling hairs at the at that point of where we put who, where, and why. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested, I think, because we're very similar on a lot of the teams, but mm. a couple, you know, the biggest ones I think we're different on is um, Atlanta, Atlanta and Brooklyn. Yeah, Atlanta and um, Brooklyn. Yeah. For me, uh, the I know you... thing was the Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Yeah. I think James Harden as well. Yeah. Yes, they are all. Oh, James Harden's on Philly now. They well, Philly, that's right. I forgot. But yeah. sorry. Hard to keep up. <laughs> but yes, they have two superstars and a star on their team. One, their star hasn't played in over a year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how well he's going to do there. And on the one team in which he was a star or a superstar on, it was like he stopped playing once the playoffs happened. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. as soon as the end of the year came, he just stopped playing altogether. 
came, yeah. he hasn't really done anything outside of joining the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> and because it's like that team already had that amazing like championship core. Yeah, yeah. He didn't really need to do much anyways. <laughs> and on the two teams that he was on, they haven't really done much. Yeah, they made it to the finals in OKC, but that was it. Yeah. And then Kyrie really hasn't done much except pretty much, I don't want to say wreck teams, but he, <laughs> <Kind> hasn't, <of. laughs> he hasn't added much to the teams. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a great in like individual player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not a bad player. Mm-hmm but he just hasn't done much to improve that team. Yeah. So that's no. why I put the that's why I put him in the playoff in the play in tournament instead of putting them in the for sure playoffs. Yeah. And I yeah, I put them I was kind of just for them just looking more optimistically, but I do think they're like the biggest question mark team mm-hmm. in the league because if everything's clicking and they're all playing well and they're all getting along they could win the championship, quite honestly. If it goes bad, it could go really, really bad to them. I mean, we saw in their offseason, um, Kevin Durant requested a trade and then, you know, eventually kind of rescinded that request. But if things start off bad, which and then he, he did wanted, at least in the first game. <laughs> he wanted Steve Nash to be fired. Yeah, and Steve Nash and the general manager too, um, Sean Marks. He I, wanted I both think, of them fired. <laughs> I think the worst enemy for... Brooklyn is themselves absolutely absolutely because we've seen all those like you said individual pieces play well if they can all come together and um you know gel and make things work and not have the drama off the court this team could be amazing but um I want to talk about Ben Simmons a little bit too because he's definitely an interesting um you know storyline this season of course we know last year he didn't play at all um and I'd, uh, I'd urge people to go check out, um, there's actually an interview with J.J. Redick and Ben Simmons that came out recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the first time Ben Simmons has really talked at all about, you know, what was happening last year. And he talks about the injuries he did go through, but then also just the mental health struggles that he went through and how he just wasn't mentally prepared to play at that time. Um, and especially for that, for that team in Philadelphia, he was really thrown under the bus. Um, by the fans, by the coach, by Joel Embiid. So, but he seems to be in a much better um, physical and mental state this year. He didn't have the best game of the year <laughs> first season. I think he had two points and fouled out. But it'll be interesting to see if he can return to, you know, a couple of years back when he was really in that defensive player of the year conversation and, you know, essentially see what he can do for the Nets. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely good for him to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it because he actually gets he gets really, you know, personal and in-depth. And, you know, one thing that someone talked about with that interview is he's not the first athlete to share his mental health struggles, but he is one of the first to share them when he's also, like, you know, getting criticized a lot in the media. Like, Kevin Love shared his mental health struggles, which was great, but that was also kind of the time when the Cavs were, were doing really well and Kevin Love won a championship. Mm-hmm. And same with DeMar DeRozan. I think he shared when the uh, – you know, the Raptors were in the playoffs and doing well, but for him to actually share how he was, what he was going through with basically everyone on his back. I mean, people were making jokes about him left, right and center. People still do. And I think it was pretty courageous and really like the open, one of the most open interviews I've seen with like an active athlete. So it was really cool. Mm -hmm. And then let's talk about Atlanta 
Um, <laughs> you talked a little bit about, you know, big belief in Trey Young, um, which Trey Young is an amazing player, mm-hmm. um, especially, well, really only on the offensive side of the ball. He's not great defensively, but I had them, them low again, just kind of a testament to how deep this conference is. But I also just think, you know, last year they, they ended up sneaking into the playoffs by, as we know, beating the Cavs in that last play-in game mm-hmm. where Trey Young was amazing. But then they really got destroyed. I think it was just four or five games against Miami um, in that first round. And they did make a move this year in the offseason, a big move for DeJounte Murray, which should help definitely defensively and also offensively. But for me, I just think they're going to take some time to adjust. And so I think they may not start out the best, um, and they may come on a little higher late in the season. So that's kind of just why I had them, you know, down in the eighth seed as opposed to up a little bit higher. Yeah, that's completely fair. But at the same time, it's like what I said before, where we have pretty much the same like people or the same teams in the top 10. Yeah. Just in different order. And there's yeah, nothing wrong exactly. with that. I think, I still think that the, our top 10s will remain largely the same. Oh yeah. That's so how the play in tournament pulls out. Yeah. And then, of course, that's all just, like, depending on indus- on injuries, too. You know, if Atlanta use- loses Trey Young, heaven forbid, or-, or anyone loses their top guy, I think this would be the year where if someone gets injured, a team's going to try to tank because the draft class is just so good coming up next year with um, Victor Wembanyama, who's a seven foot four center who has an eight-foot wingspan, which is the most crazy thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, – there's other good players like uh, Scoot Henderson and I think the Thompson twins. So there's going to be a lot of good players coming in to the league next year. So I do think there's going to be, in some cases, a fight for the bottom as well as a fight for the top with some of these teams. Yeah. And I haven't heard someone with that large wingspan since what? Yao Ming. And that guy was what? Seven foot six. Yeah. And the thing about it too is Victor Wembanyama is, you know, Yao Ming was huge. He was a big guy, both tall, but he was a stocky guy as well. Mm-hmm. But Victor Wembanyama, he moves well. He can shoot three pointers. He can pass. It's just, it's like he's kind of like Evan Mobley, but like four inches taller. <laughs> it's it's just crazy. But let's move on. Um, if you, David, do you have a pick for who's gonna who's gonna be in the NBA Finals, and then who's gonna who do you think is ultimately gonna win the NBA Finals? I'm gonna go with Boston Denver. Okay, I like that matchup. Boston, Denver, and I think Denver will probably pick it out. Okay. All right. I like that. That would be – I would like to see Denver get a championship because, you know – One of the few teams that don't have one yet. I believe that's correct. Yeah. I think they only have championships back in the ABA before they merge with the NBA. So mm. um, kind of like the Browns in, in that sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, championships before we really count them. But, yeah, I think that would be a fun matchup especially because they both kind of have their, I guess, like big threes. They're all kind of young teams still. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be a lot of fun. For me, I have um, the Milwaukee Bucks over the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. I think it's going to be a very competitive season or a very competitive series, I mean to say. Um, but I just think Giannis, to me right now, I say Giannis is the best player in the world. And his team complements him so well. And I think Giannis also just has a crazy amount of drive to where, you know, I think he's going to be upset that he didn't, you know, they didn't go back to the finals last year and they didn't 
uh, go back to back. So I think they're going to come out extremely strong. Um, you know, maybe in the regular season, they might not come out as hard, but I think once the playoffs hit, he's going to reach just a whole nother level. Like he did in those finals against the Suns uh, two years back. Yeah. Cool. Now let's move on to some awards. We will start with MVP. I'll go first on this one. Mm -hmm. And I will say I was tempted to change my pick here because he has not looked good in the first two games. Um, But I had Joel Embiid for my MVP. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's just been in that second place spot the last two years. I think the Sixers will be really good. Harden's been playing amazingly in those first two games. Embiid's been looked a little rusty. But he's also one of those people that I think will, you know, I think he's tired of being in second place behind Jokic. So I think if they can get it together, he's just a dominant player and he on offense and defense, although in the first couple of games has looked rough. But it, I'll, I'll keep my pick and I think Joel Embiid uh, gets MVP this year. It is definitely early, so we can, we can always change it later. So Oh, yeah. We'll probably do like a, a midway point or something, mm-hmm. predictions maybe too. That would be yeah. To yeah, see how much it's changed. Right now, I'm looking at either Luca or Trey myself. Yeah. I kind of picked one from each conference who I think could win it. That's fair. That's fair. And I did kind of do the same thing for defensive player as well. Okay. What do you uh, have on that? I was looking at either Jared Allen of the Cavs or Draymond Green. Yeah. Yeah. Jared Allen is is so good on the defensive side um just as an anchor of that Cavs defense and a lot of times it's comes down to normally like the best defensive player on the best team mm-hmm. and I would say it's kind of a toss-up between Allen Mobley who's better defensively but I think Allen they complement each other so well yeah yeah and so you know if the Cavs improve on their defense from last year mm-hmm. he could very much be in the mix and Draymond's just always been that like captain of the defense kind of guy and the Warriors have always been good on defense so I think that's definitely a possibility for my defense of the player of the year um, this kind of goes along with my finals pick is I picked Giannis for defensive player of the year for me I think he's just like the most versatile defender and that he can guard one through five and he can shut down anyone one through five and again I think he'll have that that fire this year and I think he'll really really play hard you I've never seen Giannis like slacking in any game and that makes a huge difference on the defensive side so that's that's what I had for defensive player of the year mm-hmm. what about did you have a pick for a rookie of the year I'm looking either at Jabari Smith or Paolo yeah yeah Paolo had a great game uh mm-hmm. the other night I think it was the highest points since LeBron yeah for a debut but if I had to pick like just one I would probably go with Jabari in the end yeah Jabari's so interesting because everyone thought he was the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost like everyone was like, oh, it's a done deal. You know, and then Orlando went with Paolo, and mm-hmm. we knew kind of the Thunder were going to go with Chet Holmgren just because that's kind of the guy they like. <laughs> yeah. um, just kind of those tall, lanky dudes. Too but yeah, Jabari's going to be immediately a contributing player. So, um, Chet Holmgren won't be in the discussion because didn't he tear his ACL? Yeah, yeah, he did when he was playing, I think, like a pickup game in the summer. I would have loved to see him because I think he another really talented player, but it's tough that I think he's going to be out the whole year. So, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Rough. I went with um, Keegan Murray for my rookie of the year with the Sacramento Kings. I picked him just because he's played really well, both in summer league and preseason. 
And I know those games don't always uh, completely lend over to the regular season. But I think out of all those teams, I think even though the Kings don't make the playoffs, I think they will be the best out of those teams. And so I think he'll be able to make an immediate impact and he'll kind of be that third guy behind Fox and Sabonis over there in Sacramento. And so I, I think he'll I think he'll get some love just because of the team success as well um, that they may that they may have. Do you have a pick for coach of the year? I am going to look at J.B. Bickerstaff. I love it. I love the pick. I know that's a little bit of Cleveland home bias <laughs> and all, but considering where we were at, what, two years ago or three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we had the guy from Michigan come in. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, 2020 happened and we didn't really do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as 2021 kicked in, we weren't, no one was predicting us to go super high. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, we just started doing great yeah. things. Yeah. And then, is a great coach. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting a bunch of great things to happen this year as well. Yeah. No, I like that pick a lot. I like that pick a lot. I went with, um, for my coach of the year, it just co- kind of corresponded with my standings. I went with Michael Malone from the Nuggets. I think if they are able to make that, that push back up to the, the top of the Western Conference, I think Michael Malone's a really good coach, has a lot of respect around the league, um, but I don't think he's ever won the award. So I think it may be one, one of those where, okay, he's kind of finally done enough to, to get his, uh, you know, fair share of, of the coach of the year award for the year. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. But I would love to see JB Biggerstaff win because that probably means the Cavs are at least, you know, probably top five in the conference if he's the coach of the year. So mm. I'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll go to most improved player. Uh, this one is always hard to to guess because you can't really predict all the time, you know, who's going to have a breakout season. So I kind of just went with the guy that's going to get more opportunity, which is Jalen Brunson on the Knicks, you know, being signing there on the offseason coming from Dallas. He was that second guy next to Luka and played really well in that role. And I'm hoping the Knicks decide to, you know, give him the reins of the team and not Julius Randle because Julius Randle's just so inconsistent. Um, But yeah, I think I'll have a big opportunity. And in these award votings, being from New York, is always kind of a bonus just because it's that big market. The spotlight's always on them. So I want with Jalen Brunson for my most. I'm looking at Zion if he stays healthy. Ooh, I like that. Uh, Especially since we covered uh, his, since he lost a lot of weight since we covered that already. If he can stay healthy, I think he can do really solid. Yeah, yeah. No, that'll be, that'll be interesting because he was, you know, out all of last year, but then the year before he was he was really good. I think he was yeah. up in the high 20 points per game. But, yeah, I mean, he could continue to improve, especially, um, you know, looks like he's faster, looks like he's stronger. And especially if the team has more team success, that I think will help his odds as well. And then sixth man of the year. Did you have a pick for, for that one? I'm going to go Jordan Poole on this one. Yeah. I was between Jordan or Karis Lover. Yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to go with Karis Lover as well. Um but then he, I think he ended up starting the other night, didn't he? I haven't, I didn't get, I watched the highlights of it. But yeah, I think he I ended up starting. So I don't know if he'll end up, I think there's going to be some tweaks. I don't think they'll have the same starting five every night for the Cavs, but I think he might start enough games to where it might put him out of contention for six man. But I mean, Jordan Poole is, he's just baby Steph Curry. So <laughs> I went with 
another guy on a new team this year. Um, and I'm happy to say this pick is looking good after one game because we all know that's when they count the awards is after the first game. Um, <laughs> but I picked Christian Wood um, with the Mavericks. A lot of people didn't expect him to come off the bench. Um, a lot of people thought he'd be the starting center alongside Luca, um, but they decided to to stick with their guys, um, Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell, that are a bit more familiar with the system. But Christian Wood is he can just score. I mean, he just um, there's that famous uh, quote of Shaq when Christian Wood had a really good game back when he was in the Rockets, and and Shaq was like, "Man, I'm I'm sorry, I wasn't really familiar with your game. I didn't know you would like that." Um, and so I think uh, he put up something. There was a point in that Mavericks game against the Suns where he put up 16 straight points for the Mavericks. Mm. Um, so if he can continue anywhere near that, I think he has a good odds. Mm. I honestly think that Jordan Poole will probably win, but I know a lot of people will pick Jordan Poole. So I was kind of trying to be different a little bit on this one. <laughs> and then I noticed on this next topic, um, we both have the same guy. Oh, yeah. He's got to get it for executive of the year. It has to be Kobe Altman making an amazing trade for Donathan Mitchell that no one really saw coming. You know, even I actually, another, another recommendation I have of JJ Reddick's podcast is he just released an interview with Donovan Mitchell a couple days ago, or maybe even today when we're recording this, but Donovan Mitchell, he went to bed and he was like, I'm going to the New York Knicks. Like they had an offer his agent was like, it's probably going to be, you know, a done deal, you know, for you to go to the Knicks. And he woke up and he, I'm pretty sure was playing golf when he got the call from his agent that he was traded to the Cavs. And he just ran around screaming. And he was like, wait, is Darius Garland still there? Is uh, Evan Mobley still there? Jared Allen? Mm. When he found out all those guys were still there, he was so excited to join this team. Mm. Um, and you know, they didn't give up a whole lot. They, they of course, gave up the biggest piece was Con Sexton. But we saw the team, although I'm a, I'm a huge Sexton fan. I love Colin Sexton. We saw the team do do well without him last year. And, you know, obviously Donovan Mitchell is an upgrade. So send out him. Send out Laurie Markkinen, which, of course, left that small forward spot open. Send out Uchai Abaji, their first-round pick, who probably wasn't going to get a whole lot of playing time anyways. You know, and then those, those picks that are what, like, Aren't they 2027, 2025? Late. The Cavs will be good for a long time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't worry too much about those picks. But even otherwise, he brought in some some other complimentary pieces like Rubio, brought him back after trading Rubio. After he got hurt last year, traded him for a pick. And then Rubio just came back and signed with the Cavs. And then brought in Robin Lopez, um, who is a good backup center and – Funny to watch. If anyone's watching Cavs games, look on the bench. He's never sitting on the bench. He just sits on the floor in the corner. Uh, so look out with the the big guy with the afro just sitting on the floor. And we'll see if he gets in any fights with um, – he's also known for fighting mascots. So we'll see if he gets in any uh, – see if he has bad blood with Sir CC or, or Moondog this mm-hmm. year. <laughs> but, hey, i have to check that out during a game, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, I – I don't think there's anyone that can really compete with Kobe Altman for just having really the best off season. Mm-hmm. I think that any team could have had, I mean, the Cavs and the thing is they could have just run it back. They were doing, they were doing well last year. They just missed out, missed out on the playoffs due to injuries. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he took that risk and went out and got, you know, an all-star almost all NBA type player and a scorer, mm-hmm. I think will be huge for the Cavs. 
Oh, yeah, and then he scored, like, what, 33 points? Yeah, yeah, had a great first game. I guess that we can transition into what we kind of always do on the podcast is, is talk about, you know, our favorite team, uh, our hometown team, the Cleveland Cavs. So far, I've only played one game against the Raptors. Unfortunately, Darius Garland went out with a, a cut inside of his eyelid um, mm-hmm. a little bit through the second quarter. And from there, it was really, you know, Donovan Mitchell kind of really had to take on a lot of the load, which he did well. But the Raptors are just such an interesting team. They have like no guards and well, they're Fred VanVleet and then they have just all wings. They don't really have any centers. Everyone's just like that middle height and just good defensively. But I think the Cavs looked good. Jetty Osmond looked good off the bench. Donovan Mitchell was doing a great job scoring the ball. So I think once they get Garland back, I think they're going to be okay. And they have next two games are against the Bulls and the Wizards. So I think they'll at least beat the Wizards. It'll probably be a good game with, with the Bulls, though. But I'm just super excited for the Cavs season coming up this year. Oh, yeah. They definitely played hard. Uh, I think Garland was, will be fine. Not, nothing damaging yeah. to his eye. At least that's what, the, if I recall from a report earlier today, at least today on the recording. And, and I think they said he would miss maybe at most two or three games. Poss- he possibly could be back um, Saturday when they play. I don't remember which game is first. It's either the Wizards. I think it's the- Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So he could be back. He could miss a couple games, but that was kind of scary just to see him go down after all the injury, bad luck that the Cavs had last year. But luckily it's nothing that's going to be for an extended period, which is good. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and he just every, everyone all around played aggressive and smart. Even mm-hmm. Kevin Love did well. Yeah, Kevin Love had a real resurgence last year, and I think we'll just keep it up this year. I mean – He's a perfect fit off that bench. Just go out and get rebounds and shoot and make some shots down in the paint. Um, so I'm excited to see what kind of year he had. I mean, he was even in the running for six men of the year last year. Um, yeah, because he he was no longer the, the center of attention. Yeah, no, exactly. He didn't have to carry or feel like he had to carry the whole load mm-hmm. uh, for the team, which I think is huge uh, for this Cavs team. Um, I'm really excited to see just how – how much Evan Mobley can improve in his second year. I really think that he could be a generational type player. Um, you know, he's gotten a little stronger. He still needs a little, he needs to still get a little bit stronger. Um, but he's just, his instincts are just so, he's just so smart. Like he has that basketball IQ. Some of those things, sometimes you just can't teach. He mm-hmm. has, and he's gotten more aggressive. I think the first point of the Raptors game, he shot a three right off the bat and made it. Um, so I think if he can really improve, then the sky's the limit for the Cavs. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you have anything else you want to add on, David? No. Wrap up here? All right. Well, thank you for listening. Again, uh, we're going to be doing some more episodes of Nothing But Net a little bit more frequently. So we will uh, get this one out for you and hopefully get on a, a regular schedule. Um, but we're both excited to be back here for Nothing But Net. We're excited um, that the NBA season is starting. Um, So you will catch more of me and David and maybe some of the other uh, deep dive sports guys um, on the next episode of Nothing But Net. But thank you for listening and uh, tune in next.